What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Emmy Award winner Jamal Robinson, class of 1998. Uh, Jamal's going to tell us everything about how he went from L.A. to Atlanta to finding his way to Bethany, back to Atlanta, and then now where he lives today in L.A., and everything that happened to him in Bethany and everything that's happened to him since. Um, but without further ado, remember this quote. We don't remember days, we remember moments, which came directly from this interview. Uh, Jamal, take it away. You want to know by now. You want to know by now. You want to know by now. You want to know. You want to know. You want to know. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Jamal Robinson, class of 1998. Uh, Jamal, thank you for taking time out of your day to, to be with us. Yeah, of course. No problem, Carlos. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. So we're going we're gonna to do this the way we do every week. I, I just want to know, first and foremost, how did you find Bethany? Uh, oh, gosh, how did I find Bethany? It's a story, I tell you. Um, so I, um, back when I was uh, a youngin, uh, and, and there were uh, websites and computers were, uh, were just becoming a thing, uh, and probably more websites and computers, uh, I, uh, I heard about Bethany because I was, a, I applied to Carnegie Mellon, mm -hmm. um, and I knew that I wanted to go, uh, away to college. Uh, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Uh, and I also had ties to Los Angeles, which is where I am now. And I didn't want to be in Atlanta and I didn't want to go to LA. Um, I wanted to go far away. So I, I applied for, to, to Carnegie Mellon, um, and, uh, and then I realized I don't want to go to that big of a school. Um, and I, I just kind of want to go something a little smaller. And a friend of mine at the time, um, and still a friend of mine today, uh, Chris Cassidy, uh, his brother, Jason Cassidy, uh, I want to say class of 96 or 97, uh, he was at Bethany and, uh, and told me all about it. Um, I was really turned on by just, you know, the location, uh, the size of classes, 13 to 1, student-teacher ratio, um, and it just seemed like the fit based on what he was saying. So I applied um, by calling and getting a brochure, and I had had a tear sheet on the back, and I filled it out, uh, did my, uh, I, I believe it was an essay, I can't remember, uh, and yeah, I, I got in, and the first day of orientation was my first time ever being on campus. I actually did not visit Bethany uh, prior to attending, so that was that was a <laughs> that was a, a shot across the bow to see if I was going to be able to do this or not. We'll see, but I did, and and uh, and I'm happy for it. So, what were those first thoughts? You so you're, you're stepping on campus first day of orientation, and what's the thought when you when you first lay eyes on the place? Uh, well, you know, I had seen the picture, so I knew it was going to be in the in the mountains. I knew it was going to be very rural. Um, I didn't realize how rural it actually was. Um, I, I had at least hoped for um, or, or thought there would be a, a traffic light, uh, but there wasn't. As and <laughs> there still is six miles yeah. down the road. Yeah, there is. Yes, there is. But in the town of Bethany, there's not. Um, but you know, um, my dad uh, and my brother and one of my brothers actually we drove from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, you know, minivan packed. Uh, full drove up to um, to the main you know uh, entrance there um, saw old Main and I fell in love quite frankly um, because I, I I knew that it was um, going to be the right size school for me 
Um, there's a lot of hills and I, I, I could have used the exercise. So that was good. Um, and I just knew that, you know, for me, um, being away was going to be, uh, much more advantageous because I had traveled as a kid anyway, um, all over the world. I was constantly gone, uh, from home. So it was being away from home. Wasn't new, uh, but being away from the city, um, you know, like Atlanta, um, and though I lived in the suburbs of, of Atlanta, still being in, in, you know, away from the city was, it was appealing. So, you know, arriving in front of Moreland Hall, uh, was, was something that I, I will, I won't forget. I can remember it as if it was yesterday. Um, and I saw Moreland Hall, I walked into my, my dorm, uh, on third floor and, um, yeah, fell in love. So when you came to Bethany, what was your was was your what was your major I guess is there or did you come in undecided or did you know what you yeah so what well before I I as I was applying to colleges I knew I wanted to be a theater major uh that was the thing that I wanted to do and and my dad said that's absolutely not going to happen you're not going to be a theater major you're going to get a a degree that you can get a job uh in Uh, and if you want to do theater then you can do it as a minor so um, I wasn't paying the bill. Uh, he was, and my mom was. <laughs> so, so I had to, I had to go with whatever the, uh, the, the payee was, uh, was gonna, was telling me I had to go with. And, but I, listen, at the end of the day, I, I appreciate that my, that my, my mom and dad, you know, put their foot down and said, this is what we think you should be doing. Um, and they were right. Uh, I, I feel like my English courses and my professors really put me on track um, quite frankly, to where I am today, uh, and uh, and being able to communicate uh, written and verbally, uh, in, in in what I feel is a proper way. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm. It, it was it was undecided though I wanted to do theater. Ended up with English. So you bring up theater. Uh, we had Gary Capel on many many months ago, and yeah. and he talked about. Um, there's actually two stories here. There's a Gary Capel story, and there's a John Cunningham story. Um, so the Gary Cavill story was when you first time you stepped foot on stage in the theater and you were you were a part of everything it was like wow this guy like there was a there was a pull from just the theater side of things you know that you had an idea of how to direct how this should maybe what says it this in the script but maybe try going this route or um so he talked about that and was that your passion in theater was more the directing, the producing that side, or did you want to be the guy in front of the audience? And yeah, uh, the actor, I wanted to be the actor. I wanted to be the guy in front of the audience. I, I love to, to entertain people. Uh, my parents were both entertainers, um, not necessarily on stage though. They are both, uh, both are and were accomplished um, singers themselves. Uh, my mom, pseudo um, opera, um, both of them in the church choir. Uh, my mom, um, you know, she sang with a, a talent by the name of Barbara Mandrell many, many, many years ago. Um, and my dad was very much into music and, you know, um, playing playing the drums. And and so it was a very, mu- I come from a very musical family. My, uh, my brothers as well, one of my brothers is DJ. So we are, I come from a family of entertainers and uh, and that's what I, I, I enjoyed. Um, did I did I have any passion for behind the scenes? No, which is strange because that's where I am now is behind the scenes. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So the other story, and it goes to you coming onto campus, and it's your first day there, and John Cunningham, uh, who we're going to have on in a couple weeks. Great. Um, Great guy. He says, uh, you got to get Jamal Robinson on the show. And let me tell you, the first time I saw him, I walked up to him and I said, offensive or defensive line? And he turned and looked at me and said, neither. I want to be in the theater. And (laughs) to this day, his mind is still just – he said, he goes, I just, I expected this guy was going to be all American football player, this whole nine coming in and <laughs> nope. But when he sang, woo, baby. <laughs> so. Well, I, I appreciate that story by JC. Uh, I, I have many fond memories of JC. Uh, in fact, when I was just on campus a few weeks ago, um, ironically, as I was walking down the hill from, uh, from Old Main, um, during a board meeting, he was pulling up with his two dogs in the car uh, in this in this giant uh, Hummer, I think yep. it was, and uh, and so that which was just hysterical to me. But this giant Hummer, and he stops me, and and, uh, and we 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 had a nice chat. You know, yeah, he's right. I remember that. I remember that moment. I remember that story. Um, you know, we do not remember days; we remember moments, and that was a moment for me because um, you know, I, I I was comfortable enough to say nope. Not doing sports, not doing football or basketball. No, sir. Uh, I'm here for theater. Uh, my parents said I can't get a degree, but I'm, I'm by golly, I'm going to be in theater somehow. So uh, I remember that day. I remember that story. And uh, and I've, uh, like I said, I have fond memories of him and, and uh, throughout my time there. So what was the social life like for you at Bethany? Because, I mean, it was, uh, yeah. there was there was a changing time. We're in a changing time now. There's yeah. a lot less just yeah. in the town, just given the, the size of it and some, some, some circumstances. But what was social life like for you? Yeah, social life for me was, <laughs> social life for me at Bethany was, um, it was, it was interesting because I, you know, at Bethany, there isn't a whole lot to do outside of going to class. Uh, we did have Bubba's Bison in, of course, and, um, but I wasn't a drinker. I hadn't, I didn't have a sip of alcohol until way after college, actually. Uh, until I was 23. So, um, um, so my, my source of entertainment was watching all the drunks stumbling up the hill, uh, and uh, and being the, the designated driver if, if needed. Um, but yeah, you know, I I mean, listen, I I was I was always a, a busy bee. I was always uh, someone who really um, enjoyed uh, being around different groups of people, not just one group. Um, you know, and uh, I, I you know love the aspect of of small college because then I could get to know everybody mm-hmm. um which is again one of the reasons why I went there um but yeah I, I was never really a nightlife kind of person um my time was spent in the theater my time was spent um I was a student ambassador so I, I gave the tours on the during the week and on the weekends um, I really enjoyed you know talking about the college and talking about my experience um and then during college um as some folks during my class or during my time would know, I actually did modeling. Um, and so I was traveling a lot. I was always gone um, pretty much all the time. Uh, and, uh, and I also worked with a, um, a nonprofit organization, which is, I, I'm not sure if it's still around, actually called Pride, which is um, uh, like a drug abuse prevention agency, very much um, like DARE or Arrive Alive, but they use performing arts to spread a drug-free message. So I was traveling a lot with them as well. So I, oddly enough, I wasn't on campus as much as you would think. On the weekends, I was usually gone traveling somewhere. So, so was there any? Did you get involved in Greek life or or anything like that? 
Yeah, I got, I got involved very, very briefly in Greek life. I got involved in a, a Delta Tau Delta. Uh, and um, I, I, I enjoyed the time that I was that I was in and I was involved with it. Um, but like I said, I didn't, I, I wasn't really someone who wanted to be with one particular group. I wanted to be with a lot of folks and everybody. And so um, um, I ended up moving to Campbell Hall, which is now the the, the physical plan, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I moved to Campbell Hall and um, I enjoyed the rest of my time there because um, there was a, a variety of people from Greek to independence. There was a variety of people there. Uh, and uh, I never wanted to live in the smaller houses uh, on Greek hills. Um, I wanted to be in the big dorm. Yeah. So we, you touched on the, the 13 to one when it came to the faculty to student ratio. Um, talk a little bit more about what, what the classes were like that you took and, and maybe if there's a couple professors that you really like the moments that you fondly remember from them. Oh gosh, so many. Um, who you're going to, you're going to make me want to cry here. Uh, no, listen, I, I, I remember the classes. I remember, um, being at class with Herb Weaver, um, you know, uh, the, the art uh, professor, you know, being at his home, mm -hmm. meeting his family, having class there while his daughter's running around, you know, his little daughter, which I'm sure is no longer little, you know, running around. Um, uh, Dr. Cole, I remember very, very fondly being in Cochrane Hall and having um, having a, a four-person class there, it, I remember being really, really hot in, in the room that day, um, you know, multiple occasions. Uh, professor Grimes, uh, just a dynamic professor um, who I absolutely, to this day, admire uh, and cherish uh, the time that I was able to spend with him. Um, you know, so I, because English was, was my major, that's where I spent most of my time. Um, but, you know, um, uh, you know, psychology, my psychology uh, professors, um, I didn't do much science uh, or biology at all. Um, but, but that was, you know, I obviously had to take one, one class. But, you know, for the most part, I was, I spent most of my time in Cochrane, um, um, or the dean's office. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I spent most of my time in Cochrane. Uh, and, and then a lot the rest of my time, um, in, in Steinman, I believe it's called Simon Theater. Uh, in Steinman. Uh, and then, and then uh, you know, just to throw in there, I spent a lot of time uh, at Pen what we knew as Pendleton Heights, um, which is now, I believe, Christman Manor. Um, and yeah, Pendleton Heights was where we were able to go to the third floor of, of Pendleton Heights and, and walk in and go watch movies on, on VHS. We could sleep over at, uh, at Pendleton Heights. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was, Bethany, I have very, very, very fond, fond memories of Bethany, which is why, which is why I'm still heavily involved, because I, I want to be sure that other students behind me and us uh, have the same type of memories. Um, lastly, and then we'll, we'll send it to a break. Um, yeah. So I've heard what Dr. Cole was like from a couple uh, other uh, guests that we've had. What made her such a good professor? Uh, I, I, so many things made Dr. Cole a great professor. Um, humility was one. Um, she made you feel, and I'm sure even today, probably still makes those around her feel um, that they are the only person in the room. 
um, even though the classes were small, so you kind of always felt like the only person in the room, um, Dr. Cole was somebody or is somebody that I feel just gave me the peace of mind that while college was tough, um, she was going to do everything she could to make sure that you graduated, uh, to make sure that you, sure, maybe you, okay, you didn't get an A, but you, you passed and, and, and you learned something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then at one point, I, and this is probably a myth, but I, at one point I heard she wasn't even a doctor, but we just called her Dr. Cole. Because she I, carried I, herself I, just. She carried herself. And, and, you know, I need to, I need to actually call her, her daughter, uh, Annie and, and talk to her because I remember that story and I'm like I don't care what she is she's a doctor to me right she's a doctor to me and and that's probably again that's probably a huge myth I'm sure I'm sure uh, I'm sure it's just a rumor that went around but that to say Dr. Cole was one of the premier uh, professors that I, I ever had interaction with I, I lied that wasn't the last question I'm gonna throw yeah. you a curveball here this one not about Bethany it's just it. I'm trying something new this week sure if you could give your four-year-old self some advice, what would it be? Oh man, <laughs> you're killing me here. If I give my four-year four-year-old self um, advice, um, there's a, a a very dynamic lady that I work with uh, by the name of Bozeman St. John. She is the chief marketing officer for for uh, Netflix. Um, follow her on Instagram. She is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, she had the same uh, question posed on her Instagram or a very similar question of what could you tell, what would you tell your four-year-old self or what would you tell your childhood self? Um, I would tell my four-year-old self, um, don't sweat the small stuff. I would tell my four-year-old self, you are different and that's okay. Uh, I would also tell my four-year-old self, don't try to be something you're not dare to be different um, and dare to be great um, because I think what we do as adults or as even not even as adults as college students as we're still even from high school into college trying to fit in mm-hmm. and um, uh, I get that because I was trying to fit in um, and quite frankly, for a portion of college, I wasn't my authentic self because I wasn't out. I wasn't out as a gay man. Um, and uh, that that caused a lot of swirl and consternation uh, that for me was something that I wish I wish I would have been braver uh, back then. Uh, because when I finally came out, people didn't care. <laughs> yeah, just, you're Jamal. You're, you're just Jamal. People couldn't have cared less. So I, so so what I hope that even people who are thinking that the same question, it's a great question. I hope that people do also feel like they too can listen to what I'm saying and maybe what others are saying. Um, and start to remember that, uh, and start to think that, um, and start to live their authentic selves. Well, I think that's a perfect point to take a pause. We're going to send it to Harry Chambers at Chambers General Store. Uh, You can, if you're here in the town of Bethany, you can go in, get a sandwich, get the daily lunch specials and all the other things that Chambers has to offer. Because if Chambers doesn't have it, you don't need it. It's a proven fact here in the town of Bethany. And if you stopped in Bethany and didn't go to Chambers, I don't know how you missed it because it's right on Main Street. You can't miss it. It's a big old building. Um, 
Also, make sure that you keep an eye out for the uh, Chamber General store shirts that say if they don't have it, you don't need it on the back. Um, they're selling those. You can go on their Facebook page or, if you, again, if you're in town, buy them from the store. Um, but this is Jamal Robinson, class of 1998. I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour, and Harry Chambers, take it away. You just watched another exciting episode of Dingo Talk, recorded in the secret lair deep in the hills of Bethany, West Virginia. Let me give a shout out to my man Don over at Maple Shade Outdoor. He got some great, he's got some great stuff going on over there on YouTube and Instagram. Please make sure you check him out. Also, now available as promised, we have the second edition Bethany, West Virginia, Mushroom Capital of the World t-shirts and our Chambers General Store. If we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts. Available in all sizes. So make sure you stop by the store for a t-shirt breakfast sandwich or sausage biscuits and gravy and make sure to check out those daily lunch specials now back to you dingo what's going on chuckleheads i am carla guadagnino this is the dingo talk alumni tour my guest jamal robinson class of 1998 and currently with net uh, at netflix with netflix how is that you're as the english person i don't want to I don't, I don't want Mrs. Cole to watch it and be like, ah. You know, you, you can say both. You can say at or with. Either one is totally fine. So we left off with you. and We asked you, you told, gave us the advice of what you would give your, your, your childhood self. Um, fast forward back to, I guess it would be 1998. And yeah. were you a winter or a spring comper? I was spring. I was spring. Yes. <laughs> so what was going into comps? What was the your feelings? Because English can't be an easy comp field to be. No, not at all. And what were some of your studying tactics? Yeah, so going into comps, I mean, first of all, let's just actually reverse even back to freshmen um, and 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 applying for Bethany. Uh, I had no idea what comps was. I didn't know that there were comps, um, and I shut and I hesitate to to say uh, on camera. I don't know if I would have attended Bethany had I known there was comps, but I did and I'm good. I'm okay and I made it through. But, um, you know, comps is, comps is, is a very unique process um, to, uh, to college and then a very unique process to Bethany. And I think it's what sets Bethany students apart from the rest of the world. I wish people um, knew a lot more about it um, because, uh, especially employers, because it is actually something that I feel you are taking the culmination of four years um, or just of that discipline, whether you've been there for four years or not, and you are uh, bringing it all into um, <laughs> a couple of days <laughs> and, and you're trying to figure it out. <laughs> and man, um, that's a stressful couple of days. <laughs> that's a stressful couple of days. But, you know, um, and comps has even evolved since then. Um, I, I don't have, I can't remember the specifics of, of mine, but... I can tell you the studying tactics that I had were um, you just better study as hard as you can because you have no clue what they're going to throw at you. You have an idea, obviously, but you don't know exactly what it's going to be. Um, and for me, I just I, I was I was the average student. I was not the um, you know, I didn't have the special tassel. Um, believe you me, I, I was the average student that just was. Um, they're getting through and, and, and doing as best as I could. And I was, I was okay. I was fine, but doing the best as I, best that I could. So I would find myself uh, holed up in one of the little cubby holes 
in the library. Um, I loved sitting uh, in, and, and I know it's still there because I just went there a few weeks ago, um, sitting in the little cubby hole overlooking the tennis court. Um, at that time, um, what is now, I believe the health center was a pool, uh, was an indoor pool. And um, uh, I just remember sitting there, snow falling and, uh, and studying. Um, uh, and, you know, that was certainly leading from J, you know, J term into mm -hmm. February, March. And then spring, of course, um, but, you know, just doing as much as I possibly could to make sure that, you know, come springtime, I was going to be okay. And I was, I got through it. So I get that leads into my other, and you touched on it a little bit, the best advice that you could give. And I'm going to guess it's study, yeah. study, and study some more. Yeah, yeah. Study, study, study some more. That's probably the, that's probably the soundbite that that's the takeaway from all of this is, um, you know, I, and I was not, uh, in high school, I wasn't a big person. I wasn't a person that liked to study. Um, uh, I quickly learned when I got to Bethany, yep, you have to study, but also the, even besides beyond that, Carlos, I think it's the, um, uh, it's the, just pay attention because <laughs> if you just remotely pay attention and, and do you take your notes and, and quite frankly, hold on to your notes and, you know, Back then, um, our notes were in notebooks and they were in books and, you know, we didn't have the digital, uh, the digital footprint uh, of our of our notes um, like the students today do. Um, so we had to keep up with them and we had to, you know, when we moved out of our dorm and came back, we had to bring everything back because we had to really always revert back to it, even during our courses and, and, and into comps. So coming out of graduation, because you only get so you take comps and yep. then you have senior week. Yep. And then you graduate at the end of senior week. Yep. What was what was your first step outside of Bethany? Yeah. Oh gosh. So outside of Bethany, I uh, went back to Atlanta um, after Bethany, and I worked with Pride, um, the Parents Resource Institute for Drug Education. Uh, so I worked with Pride for about six months. And then, yeah, and then I got the call, or I got a call to come work with the Entertainment Industries Council, um, which is a very similar organization, but in the industry, in the entertainment industry. Um, uh, they, um, they are a, an organization uh, that helps um, directors and producers and writers um, accurately portray drug abuse in the industry on film. Uh, and so I, in January of 99, I got in my car and drove uh, basically back home because LA is home again, which is where I am now. Um, LA was home. It's where I was originally from uh, before moving to Atlanta in 86. Um, and uh, so I came back home and, and I started working with the Entertainment Industries Council. Um, they told me, use us as a stepping stone now to revert back to the theatrical portion of my, of my life. Um, I want to be an actor. And so now I, now I, 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 while I have an English degree, I still want to be an actor. So I actually moved to LA with the hopes of becoming a big celebrity and actor and, you know, and, and, uh, and, and doing, doing all of that. I quickly learned and realized acting is not what it's all cracked up to be. <laughs> um, I, you know, uh, being, uh, being herded in like cattle for an audition and knowing that of the hundreds of you that are in there, that all look exactly like you, only one of you is going to get it. Um, that was, that was a little, little diminishing <laughs> in, in some respects. So, uh, so yeah, so Entertainment Industries Council, they told me, the president, Brian Dyack, told me, use me, use us as a stepping stone 
uh, to get to where you want to be. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's acting, fine. If it's somewhere else, fine. Um, I end up working uh, behind the scenes on one of their award shows that the Entertainment Industries Council um, still produces today. Um, and um, the rest is quite frankly history. I loved being behind the scenes. I put up my acting hat. Um, I did a couple of things out here, nothing, nothing, nothing noteworthy, um, but I did a couple of things out here uh, for, for TV and, and, uh, and theater, and um, I went behind the scenes, and I've been there ever since, um, uh, you know, from, Moon, uh, from, excuse me, from the Entertainment Industries Council to Moon Crescent Studios uh, to uh, Paramount to Warner Brothers. I work with Jerry Zucker, who's the director of, of Airplane and Airplane 2. Um, you know, I've worked with the likes of Doug, uh, Doug Wick and Lucy Fisher, who did Stuart Little and Stuart Little too. So I've worked with many, many people, again, all behind the scenes. And so when does, when do you go from, you know, Paramount and, and Warner Brothers and, and working with these, these different people to, and I guess why was Discovery the next, yeah. the next yeah. move? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the in-between of all of that, um, Carlos is, is, you know, there's a freelance aspect of, of the industry. Um, and so I actually went into freelance for a little while. Um, and I, uh, gosh, I worked on multiple shows. I'm trying to even just re remember any of them. Um, uh, but um, I ended up going over to E Entertainment and working as a line, worked over as a line producer there. So that was a little more freelance. And then I uh, went to MTV. I worked as a freelance um, production manager there. Um, so I had a freelance world and component before I went to Yahoo Studios and I was head of uh, production for Yahoo Studios. And then I ended up at Discovery. So Discovery uh, was... Um, uh, 2012, uh, September 2012 is when I started there. Uh, and I started off as a vice president of production management for TLC. Um, after a couple of years, two or three years, I was, uh, I was promoted to a VP of Discovery Channel. Uh, and then really kind of kept growing from there until I became SVP of production management for, uh, for North America. So there's a couple Emmys there. We haven't gotten to the, we haven't gotten to those. There's a couple of them. <laughs> I, I, I think if I got my math right, I, I counted seven. Am I, am I right? Am I right? There? Well, <laughs> well, no, there's, there's, there, there is, there is actually only one actual win, but I have been nominated six times. So that's probably where you're, where, where the math is coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been nominated six times uh, and, uh, and I won uh, one Emmy in 2010 for uh, for the uh, an episode called the messiest home in the country clean house uh, with a very famous actress Nisi Nash mm -hmm. uh, who's from Rio nine one one and Trish Sir who is a very famous um, um, designer uh, now she does her own own designing on the side Mark Burnett and then Matt Eisman um, who is of course on um, on American Ninja Warrior. Uh, he did the Olympics as well. So anyway, so the 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 that cast of four, uh, they they got me my Emmy uh, as a line producer on Clean House. And how? What was the feeling uh, when you when you knew or when they announced that you guys won? What was the feeling for you? Well, interestingly enough, uh, the year before uh, I was I was nominated um, and uh, for Clean House, and my husband um, said. 
yeah, we went and we didn't win that year. And then this, the next year we actually had, uh, he, he had something to do downtown as well. Uh, he had to do some work downtown because uh, he's a lawyer. He was prepping for a trial or something. And we were nominated again and, he's, and he couldn't make it. And he said, I know you're going to win this year because I'm not going to be there. <laughs> and, and I'm going to really be upset that you, that you won because I'm not there. Uh, but, uh, but it was, it was really, it was, obviously he was being very tongue in cheek and, and uh, we won. Um, and the reaction sitting in the audience was, it's shock at first because you, you, hear, you hear the show name mm-hmm. But you had just heard the show name in a list. So when they say, and the Emmy goes to, and they said, clean house for the messiest home in the country, the crowd erupts, but you're still sitting there in shock because you don't realize what they just said. And then, of course, it's a delayed reaction and you you go up there. Um, I wasn't uh, the one that gave the speech. Um, Gina <laughs> Rubenstein, who was the executive producer, gave the speech. But uh, but I, it was a proud moment, uh, definitely, for me as a, as a producer. So... Being that there were six nominations, sure. do you know any of the other people that you were going up against during those six? Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> I could, yeah, I'm like, oh boy. I want to say, I know, I know the Macy's Day Parade was always a, a big contender within our, our particular uh, section. Um, uh, American Idol uh, was another one that I know we went up against. Um, we went up against Queer Eye for the Straight Guy at one during one. Um, and then I was also, I got nominated for, um, for How Do I Look, which is another show that I worked on uh, at Entertainment or Style Network. Uh, and I, I want to say that How Do I Look went against one in the category they went against um the Tim Gunn show I'm totally forgetting the name of it but um the dress show I'm forgetting yeah is it not say yes to the dress no not say yes to dress um uh, although say yes to dress was in 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 one of the categories as well so yeah so it's it's a good one um I can't remember the name of, of the Tim Gunn one but anyway so it was it within the same genre um the messiest home in the country uh, that was uh, a part of um, a special class special is what that category was for the Emmys that year. And they, I, I don't know if they still have that category, but special class special, which meant it was a special one-off um, like the Macy's Day Parade okay. um, or, or other, you know, specials that may have come out at that time. Um, so that's what we won the Emmy for. So my, I guess my last wrap up on the Emmys and then we'll get to what you're doing now and, and the board of trustees, because I definitely want to tell that. <laughs> um, to this point, what would you say your big, has been your biggest accomplishment for you? Like person, a personal accomplishment, I guess. Um, oh boy, my biggest, my biggest personal accomplishment. Um, I feel like I've accomplished a lot. Um, Quite frankly, where I am now, I feel has been my biggest accomplishment. Um, but also, um, Bethany, I, I, I don't want to discount that. Bethany uh, was a massive accomplishment for me. Um, and, I, and I say that with all sincerity, and it's not because I'm on Dingo Talk. It's because I really, truly feel like Bethany was a moment in my life that I needed Um not that I was, not that I came from a troubled family um, by any means. I came from a very, very, um, uh, very close-knit family. 
um, that was all about ed education, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it was a moment for me because I feel like I, I was able to do it on my own. Um, you know, my, I, I said, I want to go away. I wanted to be gone from home and, and do what I need to do. And, um, but yes, my current position is, um, it's, it's, a yeah, it's an accomplishment. And let's jump right into that. that leads into <laughs> my, I have a question here on my on my notes that what do you do now? So, what do I do now? <laughs> which well, I know it's Netflix and yes. what, what goes into the day to day with yeah. with your with your job? So <laughs> my parents still ask this question. Uh, my mom, as you say, asked this question, and my dad did for for many years. Um, so. Uh, I'll get, tell you what what my type of position does, and I'll tell you what I do in my daily life. So my type of position is uh, production management. So there's the creative side and there's the business side um, of television or film. Um, uh, and I'm making that a quite simple. I'm saying that in, in, in the most simplest of terms. Mm -hmm. um, the creative side is not the side I'm on. Uh, creative side, that's what you see forward facing. That would be you, uh, you know, on camera, what we see and what we're viewing. Um, and then perhaps your producers behind the scenes for you. That's where I am. And, and making sure that whatever you as a talent on camera, of course, as you know, uh, making sure that you get, uh, have everything you need um, the guests are book, uh, booked, uh, making sure that the budget um, is, uh, is, is where the network wants it to be. Um, uh, the crew is in place, insurance policies, everything is good so that on day one, when you, know, when you clap, when you clap the clapper, um, the director is able to just move forward without any hesitation. So, um, so that's what I take care of. The, what you see on camera I, my team and I are behind the scenes making sure we get to that okay. so that it gets to your screen. And then in the day-to-day, -day, that covers the day-to-day -day as well. You're just, it seems like you're, you're probably in meetings in and out. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then, so then to, to sort of talk about my, my current position, uh, so I'm vice president of production management for the UCAN, which can also be known as North America. So uh, so I handle all verticals, um, including um, nonfiction series, uh, documentary, indie film, uh, uh, big budget, mid budget film, and series. So I've dealt, you know, dealing with things like the Queen's Gambit, mm -hmm. um, dealing with what we have on on right now, clickbait. So hopefully your your uh, your watchers, your uh, your viewers uh, watch that as well. Mm -hmm. But clickbait, um, all the way over to Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Um, and then a lot of our big budget movies that, uh, that we have on as well, um, you know, uh, the Irishman or, uh, <laughs> I was hoping that was going to be the one that came There you out. go. The Irishman, right. Uh, uh, La Casa de Papel, right. Uh, Money Heist. Those are, those are things that I, I now have the ability to work on, um, and the, actually the, pre the, the pleasure and honestly the privilege to work on. Um, but that's what my day to day, my day to day is really, um, I like to, the, the way I used to tell my parents is I, I get, I'm, I'm a, a well-paid firefighter. Um, I'm putting out fires, fires all day long. Uh, and I, I'm, you know, a fire starts and, and my team and I are there to, to help put it out. And, and quite frankly, uh, we're, we pave roads uh, for the creatives as well to make sure that there are no bumps in the road. Um, and, you know, and we're sweating until we get up to day one where we are finally shooting. Um, and then we start sweating again until post. 
uh, is complete, um, and then and it's on air. And then once it's, once it's on air, we're not thinking about it. Um, that then goes on to marketing and publicity and and whatnot. We are a, we're we're well on to the next project. At Netflix, we have um, hundreds of, uh, of of productions and thousands of hours of of content that you know you obviously can can see and uh, on on uh, on our platform. Um, yeah, I'm dealing with all of those um, in some for in some some form or fashion. Um, I have an amazing team uh, of leaders um, that I get to work with that they have it, they know what they're doing. Uh, I'm there guiding them. So what, I guess my, you, you popped a question into my head there. Sure. With the amount of, the amount of productions. Sure. What is, is there ever, is it just one and then you move on to the next or is it maybe three and they all get their own allotted time for you to do yeah. your side of the, 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 laying the laying the road so the fire truck can come down if <laughs> uh, I, I would say in the position that I'm in it's uh it, it's definitely more multiple than it is singular uh so um you know at any given time we could have eight nine ten movies shooting at one time uh we could have you know eight nine ten eleven shows shooting you know series shooting at one time uh, we could have Bridgerton shooting in London, uh, and then we'll have something shooting in Albuquerque for, you know, uh, like Cholpa is, uh, is a movie that's that we're shooting in Albuquerque right now. Um, you know, so we have we have the gamma Ozark shooting in, in, in Atlanta. Um, we literally have them churning out um, because if you think about Netflix, you can think about the amount of, of, of clicks you can you can uh, press on your on your remote control. Uh, that will get you virtually anything you want. That's because we're constantly shooting and churning them out to get them on camera, get them on screen. So we are we are besting ourselves year over year, uh, and and we're doing that uh, quite frankly because the community wants it, and that's what the, that's what people are needing, especially in these um, really difficult times. People are needing that escape to entertain them. Um. Is there a, with the competition, because I know that there's now, you know, Disney's got their platform and sure. HBO just got their, has their platform now and Discovery has its platform. Is that a, is that where you feel a lot of the entertainment industry is going to continue to migrate towards and maybe does it eliminate the movie theater aspect of things or does it still go to movies and then it'll end up with Netflix or with HBO or, or whoever? Well, listen, I think I think no matter how you look at it, um, the movie going experience because of the pandemic has now drastically changed. Mm -hmm. um, do I do I feel that movie theaters themselves are going away? I wouldn't say that immediately. I, I you know, we are um, entertainment is entertainment and whatever form of entertainment it can be, um, you know, and, and, and I say that, uh, you know, from the perspective of during the pandemic, you were still people were still going to the theater it was just a drive-in theater yeah uh, so what was old was new again um uh, or people stayed home and they watched netflix thankfully um or <laughs> they watched hulu or the other streamers disney um so i just think the way that we're going to consume our entertainment is uh is just going to change and the pandemic i think just sped that up a little bit um uh however you know i was a part of um, a very large team that helped launch Discovery Plus. So I was, a uh, you know, for a year and a half, I was working on that 
at uh, Discovery. Um, and quite frankly, um, I'm proud that I was able to leave at the time. Literally, I made my announcement um, that I was leaving Discovery the day that Discovery D Plus uh, was announced. Um, and for me, that was a moment because I had worked on these linear channels for eight years. And then now we have Discovery Plus. And as it became, you know, more of that stepping, you know, stepping stone for mm -hmm. Discovery. Um, Netflix, Discovery, um, uh, Hulu, Amazon, Apple, we all have something to offer. Um, um, at, at Netflix, we we have our originals, and uh, and that is that is our our that we are striving for that to to build on that. So let's let's bring it. You were just here a couple of weeks ago. There was a a big retreat for the <laughs> board of trustees here in our in our small little neck of the the woods. As as I heard, it was a big there was a retreat, huh? <laughs> uh, I heard that on a, I heard it on a show at at some point with uh, one Mr. Ken Beto, but uh, so there's that. <laughs> when you uh, first, when did you become a a, a board of trustee? Oh gosh, I don't remember the I don't remember the year actually. <laughs> I guess that's something I should know. Uh, I believe I came I, I joined the board in either 2013 or 2014. And yeah. what was the reasoning behind wanting to get involved? And you've touched on a lot of reasons why what Bethany means to you, but what was the yep, this is what I'm gonna do and, and this is where I want to be. So uh um Sven, um, uh, uh, whom everybody knows is just Sven, like, like Janet or Madonna. Just Sven. Um, just Sven. Uh, no, S S Sven called me one morning as I was driving in. I was on Laurel Canyon Boulevard. I'll never forget it. And he said, I said, hey, Sven, it's a little early. You're okay. He, he said, he said, I'm fine. I'm fine. He, he said, but whatever you do, when Scott calls you, just say yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, he was talking about Scott Miller, um, Dr. Scott Miller, who was the president at the time of college. And he said, whatever you do, just say yes. Just say yes. That I, and I'll explain later. So Scott Miller called me and he asked if I would be on the board. And I did say yes. And, and I, I would have said yes, even if Sven hadn't called me. Um, because uh, for me, A, it was, um, uh, it was something that, that, I realized in that moment, um, okay, my voice has value um, and my voice has value for Bethany. Um, uh, the, the, um, the makeup of Bethany has changed over the years. Um, the student population makeup has changed uh, and there are a lot more black students on, on campus than there were when I was there. Um, and so representation was very important to me when I, uh, when Scott asked, uh, and I thought about that and I thought, I wish there would have been better representation on the board when I was there. Um, and here's now my chance to be a part of that representation. Um, so that's really why I joined the board. Um, yes, in knowing that I was going to be able to make change or at least help foster change uh, on campus. Um, yes, that is certainly part of it. Um, but the biggest part and the biggest reason why I stay on the board is because they're really, um, in this day and age, representation is quite important. Um, and, uh, and that's not just from a Black perspective, that's from a female perspective or Asian perspective. We have to start to change mm -hmm. the narrative and, and the look and the outlook. So let's we're now fast forward to this meeting. Yeah. 
that took place and it was a couple of days you guys were here for almost a week right? yeah. <laughs> two or three days I, yeah um and it was without, hot it was really hot that day it, <laughs> that whole week that whole week it was like it, it, the sun went down and the heat didn't turn off it I, didn't I, turn I, off yeah i did not understand that but anyway but but we we digress so <laughs> With I, and if there's certain things that you you can't say, obviously, because sure. there's there's plans and, and whatnot that have to go through other channels. Yeah. But what were some of the things that when the board of trustees came together this year prior to the semester starting? Um, what were some of the things you guys were really looking to focus on and 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 not just improve, but just like you said, the fostering of change that's already started to happen here at Bethany. Sure. Yeah. You know, so so the board meets typically in person twice a year because of the pandemic. We haven't uh, actually been able to accomplish that uh, in the past couple of years. Um, so the board retreat was important um, for all of us to be able to come together, um, um, you know, safely, obviously, um, and and uh, and really start to dig in on just the college itself when we come in for the board it's it's when we're coming for other other board meetings the usual board meetings or the regular board meetings i should say um you know many times it is um you know we are we're there we're doing the business and then we're out uh and and that's it um this time we were taking tours of the campus we were talking to the professors we invited professors to come talk to us um we saw some students obviously you guys uh, they they were not in uh, in session but we saw some students on, on campus you know we ate uh we ate at the cafeteria so we were able to be a little more um uh, we were able to see behind the onion peel if you will uh, a couple layers uh, behind it um you know listen the 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 goal of a board uh, the goal of a board and the goal of this board is to um, is to always just take stock of what's going on, um, so that you know we have a fiduciary responsibility to um, to to maintain the college, um, the the president and the cabinet that it is their job to run the college, but there's a there's a responsibility of the board to maintain um, that the college is on track. Um, so whether that's, um, you know, from a policy uh, perspective, whether that's a student life perspective, whether it's a financial perspective, you know, it is our responsibility. So for, for that particular retreat, this particular retreat, it was really just starting to dive into all of that. Uh, we have a new chair, uh, Ken Beto. Um, you know, we have a new chair. So with Ken being there, um, it was his opportunity to really dive in even more as well on all aspects Mm -hmm. of of uh of the board um who the board members are and quite frankly you know and there was there's there were new board members so he even did a day with new board members a full day with new board members um to get to know them um uh because we need to have that camaraderie between us if we're going to make a, a singular decision for the college can i ask what the biggest takeaway was <laughs> you know i, I you're a great interviewer, Carlos. <laughs> um, biggest takeaway for me um, personally, biggest takeaway for me is Bethany is here to stay. Um, Bethany, like every college and university, um, the pandemic was tough. Um, but to see the um, the numbers, um, the low numbers of COVID cases 
that actually ended up somehow coming in or around, and I don't know exactly how close they got to campus, um, to be able to manage that with you know, let's just call it, you know, 1200 people, you know, I know there's more students, there's less students than that, but 1200 people for the camp, for the, for the community. Um, my biggest takeaway take was Bethany is strong. Um, uh, Bethany's resilient. Um, Bethany's here to stay. Um, those three factors for me, um, I think it's important to your audience, um, Carlos, um, who are Bethany alum, uh, or folks who may be thinking about coming to Bethany. Uh, it is important for everyone to know that um, the board and the president and the cabinet are doing everything possible to make sure that the memories we all had continue on in present and future day. And that leads, you, you kind of snuck out that one out on me. But <laughs> my last question, if you were talking to a, we'll say a senior in high school right now, they're, they're doing their search. Um, why Bethany? Why, what, what separates us here from a smaller school? Because there are, there are a couple in this area, you know, with West Liberty and Wheeling and Franciscan, just to name the ones literally right in this little bubble. Yeah. Um, why Bethany? Uh, two reasons. If you want a college, go somewhere else. If you want an experience, come to Bethany. Um, uh, we used to have a tagline that we don't use as much anymore, and that is Bethany is a small college of national distinction. And I hold that, I hold that very close to my heart because I, you know, unlike my, um, my husband, um, my husband graduated from Princeton University. Um, oh. <laughs> Ivy League, um, graduated with honors, and, uh, and then went on to UC Hastings, another fantastic school for law school. Um, I, he's impressed with Bethany. Um, and that's saying a lot for a, a Princeton alum <laughs> to yeah. say, I'm impressed with Bethany. Um, because there is a distinction to it, and there's an experience behind it. Um, every college and university, yes, has its own experience. Um, but I feel like there's a uniqueness to Bethany. Um, and um, Bethany is not for everyone. It just isn't. It's not. Um, but neither is University of Georgia. Neither is Miami University. Um, neither is, excuse me, neither is Arizona State University. And yes, I probably could have gone to one of those colleges. I wanted an experience. I wanted a personalized experience. I wanted to understand me more than understand the school. Um, the school is was the vehicle. Um, and I was able to get in um, and sit down. And they drove me around to the different experiences that I needed to see. And they said, and it wasn't a, uh, uh, it wasn't, I, I, I was, you know, I'm sure you've heard this before too. I, I was a person, not a number. Um, so for me, that's what I would say to someone coming in is if you just want a college, then Bethany may not be the place for you. If you want an experience uh, and a positive experience, I think you should think about Bethany. Well, I think that touches on what you said with the with Bethany not being for everyone is yeah. if you just want to go to college and you want that the this college feel and this that and the other but you're you're really just there because it's 
you know, Georgia or it's Miami or it's this, that Bethany's not going to be for you. And you're not going to have the, you're not going to take advantage of the experiences that are afforded to you. Um, I've actually, I've been mulling over a, a later episode. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I kind of want to get that message more across is that yes, Bethany is small, but that does not mean that it's, it's small because liberal arts colleges are struggling, yeah. but it's also small because Bethany picks. And I don't mean like we as the, you as the board of trustees or the admissions counselor, right. Bethany, the, the experience, it either picks you or yeah. Yeah. you yeah. wind up down the road somewhere else. And, and that's, it's just not for everybody. Well, and, and not only that, and you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, it's not for everybody, uh, as, as, you know, as we both said. Um, but, you know, Bethany is, Bethany is, is a place that y- you have to, let me, let me put it a different way. We don't make apologies. We shouldn't make apologies as Bethany um, alum for the size of our college, the location of our college. We shouldn't make apologies. We shouldn't. We shouldn't say, "Oh, yeah, but it's." Oh, I know it's 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 rule, but you're gonna love it, right? No, it's rule. It's small. You know everyone. Your student-teacher ratio. Your professors have. You know that's how we should be looking at at it. Absolutely. And that's so long as we have that in mind, um, then we are going to be. We're going to continue just to thrive. Again, every college is having its issues. Every college has is having its greater issues because of the pandemic. Bethany is not immune to it. If it, if it was, I would be questioning that is why is it not immune, right? Yeah. Um, Princeton is having its own issues. Harvard's having its own issues, right? So so yes, are there issues that we are that we're we're managing? Sure, but everybody is. Um, yeah. The my my but the key takeaway is what are you doing about it? Um, and having the retreat uh, with the with the board of trustees, having Dr. Rodenberg there, um, uh, being present uh, with with her cabinet, with staff, with faculty, um, that that signal for me. Okay, I want to remain on the board because this is everyone serious. Everyone wants everyone wants good for Bethany. No one is saying, mm, "Yeah, I'm leaving. See you later. Won't talk to you guys again." Well, Jamal, I think that was the best way to wrap our, our conversation up. I want to say thank you again for, for taking time. I know it's, it's busy. We, as we found out, it's a busy day for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you very much for being a part of the, being a member of the trustees as well and sticking around with the member of the trustees. It's great that, the, that, that there's more voices from, from what I've seen from the board. Uh, yeah. They represent all different generations. Great. Um, this has been the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. I am Carla Guadagnino and my guest, Jamal Robinson, class of 1998. Do not forget 10 a.m. every Thursday, Chuckleheads on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And I think we have a TikTok. Do we have a TikTok? I think we have <laughs> one of those. We kind of have, I just got the signal. We kind of have a TikTok. So Follow it and maybe it'll grow bigger. So, <laughs> Jamal, thank you very much. Thanks, Carlos. We'll see you guys next week. You want to know by now. You want to know by now.